Welcome to the Be About It podcast. My name is Ben Mercedes and I'll be your host. We'll cover financial and crypto markets, real estate and entrepreneurship. My goal is to inspire others to be about it and take action. In episode 14, I sit with Brittany Wong and we discuss Studio Jade and social media management, entrepreneurship and the importance of work ethic in the cannabis industry from a marketing perspective and more. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Brittany, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having it's, me. Uh, good to see you again. You too. It's been a while, I where, feel like. Where did we meet? We met originally at BNI, the yes. Holden Golden Givers. That's right. Back probably three, four years ago now. So, what is BNI? BNI is a networking group, huge belief in the giver's gain. And, you know, I think it was really great at the beginning for me, and I'm sure you could attest something similar. I yeah. think I met a lot of great people, including you and some other close friends of mine through the mm. group. So I'm really grateful for that. But overall, it, it's a lot of commitment. You have yeah. to go every single week. It's tracked. You can't miss any dates. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, as the business continued to grow, personally for mm -hmm. me, I had to, something had to give and yeah. That was one of the things. I was in I, the same spot. I just had my daughter and it was like, all right, wake up at very early on a Friday. Like 5 a.m. <laughs> get out the house <laughs> in the winter when it's cold. And uh, it was challenging. Uh, interesting business model. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, pros and cons to it. Um, you know, if you're the CEO of that or the founder of that, it's like massive impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're at now and how you've kind of got here with Studio Jade and Kind of what your background is. Yeah, absolutely. So my role here at Studio Jade is the CEO and I do a little bit of everything. Obviously, when you're a business owner, as you know, you wear many hats. Mm -hmm. So I do everything from new business and sales to account management, strategy, handling ongoing support for clients, doing dashboard reports, really showing the progress for our clients and how we're able to measure success over time. That's awesome. Uh, now, what was your interest when you were in like high school, college? So I think growing up, I, I come from a very entrepreneurial background. So my father owned a restaurant my entire life. So I grew up working really side by side with him in the right. kitchen, learning a lot of what it takes to be a business owner. And recently found out that my grandfather and my grandmother back in Hong Kong, they actually owned a store too. So I think there's generational entrepreneurship back through the mm. day there. Um, when I was actually around eight or nine years old, I started my first business Love and it. it was a real thing. And I named it Sunshine Services and it was a cleaning company. And even back then I knew it was really all about customer service and process and really setting your prices and sticking to them and being able to sell your service. So I would go to my neighbors and I would pitch my service and I was cleaning houses for my neighbors at a super young age. And I think that genuine passion to be self-employed and to develop something larger for myself has always really been there. So if I think that answers your question. And then through high school, it kind of carried on because for my dad's restaurant, I started helping him with his website because mm -hmm. I learned a little bit about website design and development. So very simple website was creating on like Weebly or Wix, one of the simpler ones and mm -hmm. creating his menu for him. And then I think everywhere I worked, even like smaller jobs, I was really always taking a handle and either helping with flyers or trying to help support however I can to help the businesses grow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, obviously I come from entrepreneurial family. 
I have kids, right? So I'm always trying to like, how can I instill entrepreneurship mm. into them so they understand that like this is an option, and you know it's there for you should you choose it. Um, I think that's incredible. When I think about like you know the young girls, it's like oh they'll let the girls go out and sell Girl Scout cookies for you know school profits, um, but like teach them entrepreneurship, have them create their own thing, have them sell their own stuff, yeah, make, make your own cookies. You know what I mean? Like make yeah. your own cookies. Um, so I think that's amazing. Um, now tell us, I guess, what's your main focus with Studio Jade? What, uh, I guess, who do you operate with most? Who do you work with most? Like who are your ideal clients? So ideal clients for us, we're working in a lot of industries right now. Yeah. I would say our focus has really been cannabis over the last couple of years. Cannabis, higher education, e-commerce, B2B, manufacturing has been a really big one for us lately also. Awesome. Nonprofits. So it's usually pretty mix of different industries, but we really try to be the right fit for the client. So we don't go after and try to get any client that comes to us. We wanna make sure we're not only the right fit for them, but they're the right fit for us. Because I think to have a successful agency client partnership, there needs to be mutual trust there. Absolutely, yeah, I had a uh, project recently um, and they were talking about just future content. And I thought about a social post that I saw where it was like, don't uh, marry your clients right away. It's like date your clients, make sure it works out beneficially because you don't want to sign a one year retainer deal. You do one project and it's already not working for either party. Um, so that's smart to like absolutely make sure it's a mutual fit. And I, I believe that to my core, all of our contracts, I put a 60 day walkout in them mm. because if the client's not happy, I don't want you to feel married to us that you have to continue to work with us for another 10 months. If you're not happy, you don't have to work with us. I love that. And if we're not happy, we don't have to work with you. And I think there needs to be that establishment between agencies. And I think a lot of contracts don't have that built in. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, no I'm starting to send out like retainer quotes, uh, for different things where it's like, you know, it'd be like a one-off project option and then a retainer option. So I love that. Um, what is the, I guess, status of social media influencer marketing? Like I know Facebook and Apple, had their fallout, right? And yeah. that's rechanging Facebook ads. And now they're saying it's about to happen again uh, in another sense. I was reading another article, but it's like the idea of Facebook ads in that Facebook will follow you around everywhere is kind of changing. So now people need to step out of the box, get a little more creative. I don't want to yeah. jump on TikTok. A lot of people don't want to jump on TikTok. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm but, one of those people, but uh, I know it's, it's the world we're in. Yeah. So there is a transition period, I yeah. think. In terms of trends that we're seeing right now on social media, I would say for organic, Facebook is dying. Unless yeah. you know, you're know you part of the older demographics, baby mooners, generation X, they, mm -hmm. they're still using Facebook. I see yeah. some clients that are selling to an older demographic. It, it's active and it does fine. But in terms of advertising, I think you really need to develop creative that stands out. And I think video obviously is an impactful way to do it. Mm -hmm. But I also have found that reels for organic social, whether that be on Instagram or on TikTok, for, for me, the transition for clients has really been, let's start developing reels on Instagram. And then if we want, we can use that same reel we're developing and use it on TikTok too. And let's see how the audience grows. Let's see how people are responding to our strategy there. I've been telling people the same thing. It's like, yeah. if we shoot, even if we shoot something horizontally, we can repurpose it vertically. And then you can post to Instagram, you can post to Facebook, you can yeah. post anywhere on stories or on a reel on like the page itself. Um, so repurposing and reusing that content is, is brilliant. And it's so easy to do because you already have the content. Absolutely. Um, which is awesome. Where do you see, I guess, like, I don't know, these TikTok videos, they're short. Like what comes after this? It's like our attention span has gone from like, 30 minutes to a minute and now it's like 20 seconds. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know the future of marketing. I, 
for, for, for reels to be successful on reels, I think it's really about jumping on trending music. Yeah. So we've tested reels where. You're good. It's Sorry. Okay. Bless you. <laughs> um, we've tested reels where we are not using trending music. Maybe mm-hmm. we're using our own music. We're creating our own sound using that. And then we've tested jumping on the trends. Mm-hmm. What's hot on Instagram right now. Yeah. Looking at what the trending music is. How will it fit? And then timing the actual video in the reel to that music is key. When you time the music to the reel and you're using that trending music, the impressions on it organically, they're going way up because Instagram wants to feed that on the explore page, on the discover page. They wanna show that content out. So for us, when we have been doing that strategy, clients are seeing way, way more impressions than they would rather. Gotcha. Have you noticed a difference in uh, like creating a reel directly in camera on Instagram versus like t- taking an actual file and then posting? No, I haven't. Gotcha. Typically we we plan them out before though. So yeah. if we're gonna be using multiple photos, let's say it's specific reel and we know we need 16 photos for it, we'll collect all the photos first and then put it together afterwards. Gotcha. So. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm always kind of thinking about like split testing and doing those kind of things. Um, shot some content the last two days, created a reel earlier, sent a horizontal piece and a vertical piece. And I'm like, you know, you can post it as a reel, you can post it as a story. And like you just have that dual content, which is what great. What have you been seeing? Um, reels are everything. Yeah. I mean, the the algorithm just wants to feed it to you in Instagram. It wants to feed it to you in in Facebook. It's yeah. becoming a big deal. Where every you know, I feel like every ten or fifteen posts, I'm seeing real content on Facebook. But then when you click that and you kind of copy that URL and paste it to someone, there's a disconnect because when I go to load that, it at least on Android it's kind of like glitchy and won't like load yeah. the full screen. So I'm just like, how have they rolled this out? And it's not functional. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to put reels everywhere. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's a good way to, con- you know, like tell a story. Um, there's a lot of comedy ones too. Like yeah. I, I see freelancers who will do like, one of them took a, a clip from Denzel in one of his movies where it's like a robbery, but, um, Basically, he, he's playing both sides. He comes in with like a, a hairdryer. He's pretending to stick the other guy up. But his whole pitch is like uh, when creative agencies try to get paid and people are holding payments, companies are holding payments beyond net 30. Yep. So, so it's like you have to like chase them down. Yep. Super funny, super funny. <laughs> but um, it's 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 cool to kind of see those things. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so Studio Jade, do you guys handle uh, like social media posting and social media ads. Yeah, so we handle essentially everything for clients in terms of if if we're looking at a social retainer, we handle everything from the strategy. So deciding what type of content is gonna be best for you to, for us to put out, developing pillars, creating social guidelines, and then creating content graphics, and then putting that into our software. We have a social media scheduling tool. We use Loomly, similar to Hootsuite, but we, we find it's a little bit better and handling the publishing, the optimizing, going in, creating hashtag lists, sharing to Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups to make sure we're getting eyeballs on them. And then beyond that, running the ad campaigns to help support those initiatives also. I love that. Um, I guess what is like, you're, you're, you're dealing with like corporations mostly? Yep. Versus, do you deal with many entrepreneurs or? We have some startups, I would say, that are maybe there's one, two people on their team, but they're coming from a background where they worked in corporate. So now they're just ready to start their own. And I I love working with businesses like that because it's so empowering to see them say, okay, I worked corporate for so long. I have all of this knowledge and now I'm ready to go out on my own. So I love supporting those businesses too. Um, Again, it's always about, are we the right fit? Is it the right time for them to bring us on? Mm -hmm. It's just a timing thing typically. Mm -hmm. Let's talk cannabis. 
I love the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry has been so good to us and yeah. it comes from a real place of passion. Yeah. I personally have been a recreational user for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I think the industry is just so young, especially here. It's so early. You guys can't even advertise yet. Like I, I, I did a, a project for a client and it was like, oh, I can't run that ad as an ad or I can't post that on Facebook. And I'm like, what? So there's there's yeah. so many restrictions. You can't run them as ads, but there, there are certain ways that we utilize what we can do. So the mm. CCC, especially in Massachusetts, there's certain guidelines. You can't use cartoons in your graphics. You can't use anything that has an actual pot leaf in your logo. There's very, very strict regulations. You are allowed to do some things, like you're allowed to sponsor an event as long as the audience is over 85% 21. Gotcha. Same thing for if you wanted to charitable organizations, typically then sometimes they won't even accept donations. Mm -hmm. So out of home, is great for cannabis billboards, yeah. things like that. Because you, you go down to ninety, they're everywhere. Fifty percent billboards, they're everywhere. And the problem I think right now with right. it is everyone is doing essentially the same thing mm -hmm. locally in Massachusetts, yeah. and they're saying, "Hey, we have a dispensary exit five. Stop by, huge selection of cannabis." Mm -hmm. Instead of really changing and making it more of a lifestyle brand, when you look at liquor you see the lifestyle. You, when you think of Bud Light, you know what you think of. You think sports, you think golden retrievers. You know mm -hmm. They always have a similar look and feel. It's a lifestyle behind it. But when you think cannabis, you see these billboards and they don't really have a lifestyle element yet. No. It's not existent yet. Mm -hmm. So what we're really trying to do is we're trying to shift that and really change cannabis companies to start looking at the lifestyle element. There's so many popping up. So the ones that are gonna survive are gonna be the ones that build a lifestyle brand and a real brand promise to their following. Yeah, so many of the billboards I see, it's like I feel like it's a waste it's of a billboard. It's, it's transactional. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's bad, and they're they're literally everywhere. Um, what do you think about when I, I forget which state it was, but there was a state that was going to suspend cannabis tax to be more competitive? I think that that would hurt the medical side yeah. because most people that have medical cards, the mm -hmm. only reason why they're they're buying medicinal is because they want the tax break. Where I think if they were to do that in that state, if they had recreational and they had medicinal, I think all of the businesses that got the license on the medicinal side, they mm. would be pretty upset by that because mm. of that reason. Because right. the licensing process takes years. Yeah, and yeah. then you're you know building at your dispensary or your cultivation and now the regulations are gonna change. So you know for, for medicinal cannabis companies, I think they struggle as is because you're taking such a small piece of that pie who people mm. who have medical cards. And now if you're gonna throw that tax break in there for everyone, it's kind of like, yep. what's the benefit? Yeah. I think the benefit then for medicinal would have to change to something else. Right. So Yeah, one of the, uh, I think in that same post, I think it was to be competitive with like street dealers. Okay. And it's just like, like there was a dispensary in Worcester in a certain area. They were open for a bit. They weren't open for too long. Um, if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of money, you want to buy X amount and it's like, do you want to pay? And I don't know, the, the taxes are like, when you go to a dispensary, it's like 10 bucks in tax, depending yeah. on what you're getting, 20 bucks in tax. It's just like, why pay the extra tax if you can get it elsewhere? Yeah. Um, but it's it's fascinating to see this whole industry like come full circle. You know, 12 years ago, you couldn't be caught with it or you'd be in cuffs and like now it's just billboards all down to 90 and i got to answer to my kids on oh that billboard says don't freeze burn trees what does that mean and it's <laughs> like oh yeah that means <laughs> yeah um so it's 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 crazy um 
but it's it's happening really quickly. So I'm with you on the lifestyle ads. Um, I think the benefit too of buying at a dispensary as opposed yeah. to buying off the streets is there's the testing element. Yeah. So a lot of the companies, they have the one up because if you're a first time cannabis user, mm -hmm. especially the older demographics, there's a lot of people that are curious about cannabis now that's legalized, maybe they've never tried it. And they're mm -hmm. a little nervous. They wanna try edibles. They wanna start testing the market saying, yeah. okay, what's all this hype? Why right. am I seeing all of these billboards? I wanna try it now. And they, they hear all the benefits. It could help me sleep. It could help me do all these other great things that I'm hearing about. Mm -hmm. So if they were to buy it on the street, I think they don't have that quality control to know, okay, is it five milligrams? Is it 2.5 milligrams? You know, what, yeah. what am I actually <sighs> smoking or inhaling? Has there been, things added to it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're buying it from a dispensary who purchases from cultivation, they have to do multiple lab testing. Yep. And you really can tell if there's an issue with it, the product will get recalled. And so there's a little bit more control there. I think it's Absolutely. such a young industry still. Yeah, It's gonna change. And I think from a pricing standpoint, Massachusetts's prices in cannabis, it, they're starting to go down. And they're gonna continue to go down at the beginning, it was a supply issue. Mm -hmm. Now I think more and more cultivations, more manufacturing, they're coming into play. It's seed to sale in Massachusetts. So you can't go buy from California and sell in mass. So gotcha. obviously it was a pretty immature market. So now mm -hmm. we're growing it up. I think if you look at California, the prices are a lot lower. If you look at Colorado, the prices are a lot lower compared to Massachusetts. And I think that's the reality of where we're going for Massachusetts also. Yeah, even from just a customer standpoint, obviously it's easier to just walk into a place and like you walk into somewhere like Bud's Goods and it's like, it looks good, it feels good, it's bright and yeah. it's branded well. And like, it's a it's a good in-store experience. There's obviously a lot of different products. Um, there's like too many products, um, but I, I'm with you on that. Um, where do you see yourself? You know, you're at this point, you're kind of like a full service studio. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you like aspire to grow to? I love to aspire to continue to grow with, with the cannabis industry, especially on the East Coast. I would love to continue to grow in the manufacturing. I think when COVID hit, we saw a lot of the shortages happen. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of things we're not able to purchase that we used to be able to purchase because there were supply chain issues. I think it was a huge wake up call for a lot of people to say, okay, maybe it's time we start to invest in manufacturing here in the States. Maybe it's time we bring manufacturing back to the United States. And I think People are waking up to that. And I really want to be part of that initiative to help these companies grow so that we can succeed here. Yeah, I have, I have a friend um, who's working on getting licensing to be like a grower. Hmm. Um, and then they're even trying to make it so that they can deliver almost like a wholesale. And then oh, even, cool. even even seeing like dispensaries that deliver and like that idea. It's just yeah. like we got Uber Eats for everything. It's kind of just transport everything nowadays. It's uh, yeah. it's a whole different world. It's a whole different then. world. And I think so. all these brands to get the word out, they're going to need promotion. They're going to need yeah. PR. They need social. They need to have a website that works. Cannabis, the compliance is crazy. Sometimes people's websites are just getting shut down because the hosting company decides they no longer support cannabis because it's not federally legal. They didn't have a contingency plan. Your whole site goes down. That's that's your business if you're an e-commerce operating on a delivery platform. Yeah. So there's just so many things that we've seen and we, we, we're trying to always improve and make sure that we have a contingency plan. And we can tell you based on what we've seen and other companies are doing, this is what you should be doing mm -hmm. as best practice. Yeah, I could imagine like a, a GoDaddy shutting you down for, hey, we don't agree with your With no genre. notice. Yeah, that's yeah. awful, awful, awful. I wouldn't want to deal with that at all. Um, what do you think about like cannabis NFTs? I think they're the future. Yeah. I think that is, I've been in conversations where 
that I think is where it's going. It's very obviously new. And when you're combining a high risk market with another high risk market, Mm. it's there's a lot of things that need to be figured out. But I think we're here for the ride and we're excited for it. Right. Yeah. I follow someone. um, She does some kind of marketing work uh, on LinkedIn uh, for a cannabis agency in the West Coast. And she had posted some pretty cool photography and she's like, yeah, I'm going to convert this to an NFT. But uh, yeah, they, I've seen some interesting, like, cause I follow her. So I get some of like the stuff she engages with, but there's some really artistic, like cannabis photos and stuff like that. Like that's a whole different, you can have art, you can have a canvas, yeah. you can have an NFT. There's a lot. Of I'll have to show different. you some stuff we're pitching afterwards. Yeah. Cool. 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 That's, that's <laughs> so, a whole idea for branding. You know, yeah. you can go to a brand and say, Hey, we can do X, Y, Z. Um, so that is pretty cool. Um, in terms of like social media, um, with TikTok being as powerful as it is, like, do do you think brands have to like be on TikTok? Is it like mandatory? I would say it's yeah. not definitely not mandatory. It depends on your market. If you're yeah. trying to definitely 100% market to so what's, what's the age range? 16 year olds, I would say 16 be on be on TikTok. Yeah, 16 yeah. I mean, I think it's it's. I know people who are in their 50s and 60s love TikTok. Yeah. But then I also know if you're B2B, LinkedIn is the move. You should yeah. be on LinkedIn. You should be doing everything to get involved on LinkedIn. Yeah. Instagram used to be one of my biggest generators for new clients. Mm-hmm. And now I would say it's LinkedIn because I think everyone got so sick of Instagram and so upset with everything going on with Facebook. And people are like, well, now I'm going to move to LinkedIn and focus more on LinkedIn because there's so much clutter now on yeah. Facebook and Instagram. So if you're in a B2B environment, I think LinkedIn all day. If you're trying to network to people a little bit younger, trying to sell a product, I'd say TikTok, you should probably should be on TikTok. Yeah. Start to build up your TikTok strategy, maybe not 100% and forget everything else, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a mix. It's omni-channel at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm back on LinkedIn daily. Um, I see you every day. I'm trying, always supporting. I'm liking. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's um, it's different than what it was Yeah. like a couple years ago. Um, I kind of just fell off it. Now I'm like understanding it. The cool thing now, it's like when when you get on TikTok or when you get on Instagram when it's new, they're they're giving you all the exposure. Um, and then do you think eventually they'll start dialing it back on LinkedIn in terms of exposure? Like when they want you to start paying for ads? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think yeah. LinkedIn, it's probably a similar algorithm. Obviously, we're never going to be able to say that's the algorithm. They're not yeah. going to release that. But right. I think when they're feeding information to the audience, they want to know, okay, we're going to put your information out. Yeah. If, you know, 10 people in your audience, they like your post, maybe mm. now let's feed it out to a wider audience. Maybe we'll make it top of the hashtags. Yeah. And that's how I think it's organically going to start to grow. Mm. If you have good content, it should, it shouldn't go away. Right. If you're putting out stale content that no one cares about, I'd mm. say probably, but that's not the case for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the posts I had, and I don't have a big audience, but I think I have like 600 connections and like 1300 people saw it. I didn't pay a dime. And it's like when TikTok came out, that's what it was. You would post there and you would get like a ton of hits. When Instagram came out, it was the same deal. Uh, And then, you know, over time they throttle to get in advertisement money. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm back on LinkedIn. If anyone's considering getting on LinkedIn, literally just make friends on there. Don't jump in people's inboxes and say, hey, when can we get on a video call? Literally just make friends. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like just connect, just have a conversation. I tell everyone, even on my team here at Studio Jade, I say, go on LinkedIn, spend at least 10 minutes a day, just like and comment other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Let people know who you are, where you are and support them. Because if you give that love out, the love's gonna come back. Yeah, someone I followed, she had posted, um, basically like, here's my recipe for LinkedIn. And it was just like, give value like 20 times 
ask for something, give value 30 times, ask for something. Yeah. And it's just like, if you just constantly give on there, like it's, it's gonna come back to you. I posted one project, I tagged a client who was a global real estate um, developer. Mm. We did a project in 2019, my marketing contacts left, so I added all their marketing contacts. They, the woman who runs it, she's in another state, but she got notified because we tagged them on LinkedIn and then she saw me and then emailed me to basically revisit the project. Mm. We're gonna repurpose that content and probably work on some new stuff. And that's just from me posting to LinkedIn and exactly. finding people in marketing and adding them. Um, another thing, I have another story just like that and I've only been on there a few weeks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're gonna just grow the network and uh, it, it's cool to like connect people too. Absolutely, um, and a lot of businesses, I don't know if they realize this, but mm -hmm. if you have a business LinkedIn page, which if mm -hmm. you own a business, you absolutely should have a business LinkedIn page. You can invite up to a hundred people a month to like your business page. And that's LinkedIn credits, it gives it to you. And once people accept, you can invite more, but every first of the month, that gets auto refreshed. So now you have a hundred more people that are part of your connections that you can invite. So make sure you're taking advantage of that, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's really important because if you have 35 followers on LinkedIn on your business page, if you're posting all the time and no one's seeing it, it could be great content, but at the end of the day, you need your following followers to start to engage with it. Absolutely agree. Convert them to your customers. Yeah, I, again, I continuously, like a lot of the stuff on my feed, it's it's something that you liked or someone else liked or someone else commented on. And like a lot of the interesting people I've found have been connections of other like interesting people, yeah. um, which is cool. Have you guys run any uh, LinkedIn ads? Yep, we run yeah. LinkedIn ads a lot for our B2B cool. clients. We have a virtual CFO client who does a lot of tax cool. and compliance. And then we also have, um, culture company. So we, we do their B2B work on LinkedIn also. Gotcha, how do the ads work on there? They work they, really, good. really good. Yeah, yeah I, I, cool. I think when you're running on LinkedIn, it's important to have a really niche campaign. So if you're gonna be running a campaign, have a landing page designed, written for that specific audience. For example, mm -hmm. if I was writing a campaign targeted at a cannabis company in Connecticut, I would want a landing page that if they hit the landing page, they click it. It's all about how we can help cannabis companies based mm -hmm. out of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. It has to resonate with them as soon as they get there. Yeah, help that be very specific, rate. right. Yeah. And then it's, promoting to groups. Yeah. Promote them to groups, find groups that make sense to promote your ad to. I'm just starting to get in the groups. I think yeah. I just got approved in a one. It took like a week. And I was really? like, how's there like 50,000 of you guys in this group? And it took me a week to get in, yeah. like I don't. But even if you're on Facebook, like when I launched my wedding brand, it was like, hey, I shot, my, uh, shot someone's wedding. I came back and I just started getting myself into those groups. I started yeah. posting in those groups and two years later I quit my job. A largely catapulted by either groups from me getting business or me being in the Panasonic GH5 group and learning how to use stuff. So like, yeah. I don't know if listeners or people in general are using groups. I don't feel like people are a lot, but they can be like game changers. So Absolutely. I'm interested in getting into, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the premium group on LinkedIn because I'm paying whatever the amount yeah. is. Um, to really maximize it. But uh, groups are game changers. I, so, I agree. And I think yeah. to our point about always helping connect other people and giving advice, I go mm. into LinkedIn groups that I'm a part of every single day. I'm looking mm. at what people are asking for, what help they can, and trying to connect them to people in my network to say, hey, yeah. oh, you're looking for an insurance person. I, I know this person might be a good resource. Just trying to find ways to help other people. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all really about. It's about community. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I posted the other day, um, Adam Grant's book, Give or Take. Um, and it just allows people to kind of examine, like, are you a giver? Are you a matcher? Are you a taker? And he kind of goes through a bunch of scenarios where there's a giver who's giving their time or giving their resources. There's someone who is a matcher who they're 
they'll match you if you give first and then there are takers there are people who just want to take 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 we yeah. talked about it like when you're on linkedin like you should just be trying to give value you should just be trying to give help give feedback um give resources connect people and i don't know i'm a month in and uh, flourishing quote unquote but there are people on there man with like thirty thousand connections like i, I interviewed uh Jonid, uh iqbal and he started no degree.com he has like thirty two thousand followers wow. and so like what do you do with that how do you leverage that to a help people b grow your own business um i think it's it's amazing it's untapped and like people still aren't using it uh i've, I've talked to like a handful of friends they're like linkedin oh, i have one but ah oh, it's just in their own they're in business too. in their business they're realtors or all kinds of stuff yeah so. That's the first thing I do when I meet someone. LinkedIn. I go, I look yeah. at their LinkedIn. Yeah. Because I understand your Facebook's probably going to be a little bit more private, but mm -hmm. I want to know you from a professional level. I want to know what you're about, what your business is about. I'm looking right. at your LinkedIn. That's the first right. place I'm going. Yeah. And so. you're going to know I looked at it too because it's LinkedIn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's, that's the one thing too. It's like, oh, you can see exactly who looked at your profile. You can kind of turn it, it off. It'll say like industry person or someone from yep. marketing. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's nice when people know. No, like, checking yeah, them out, I think. Yeah. No, definitely. With, with the premium, it's like, I think I see everyone who views my page. Before that, it'd be like, you know, Brittany looked at your page and then someone from this company and that yeah. company looked at your page. It's just very vague in general. Um, but that's that's interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's been good. Um, I'm looking to start doing LinkedIn lives. So we'll have to connect again, yeah, do a LinkedIn live kind of like this. Um, and then just have more content on there. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you on social. What are next steps? What's your website? Yeah, so our website is hellostudioj.com and our social handles on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, it's all at hellostudioj.com. Awesome. Awesome. I'll, I'll get your links. I'll put them in the show awesome. notes. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much for your time. This Thanks was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And guys, if you are listening, uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can hit the bell. You can hit a like. You can drop a comment. Um, if you do have podcasting apps, make sure to get the Fountain app or something that is podcasting 2.0. Uh, it allows you to uh, stream Bitcoin to any of your favorite podcasters instantly anonymously from anywhere in the world um it's it's a whole idea of like if you received value from this episode you could kind of match that value and give it to your favorite podcaster so to say and so like that idea in general once it hits audiobooks once it hits albums music sales streaming like it's going to change the way spotify works it's going to change the way title works so super excited about that um thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode